Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Bow down your heads and let us pray. Father, we give you glory. We bless your name for tonight. And we see it as a great privilege to always come before your presence, to be in the company of fellow believers. What we have in common is that we've all been washed and cleansed by the precious blood of Jesus. We did not used to be part of the same family, but now we find ourselves part of the family of God. And thank you, Father, for knitting us together. And thank you, Father, for everything that you're doing in our lives. We are grateful to you for times of impartation. And I pray in the name of Jesus, may we all be imparted. May we all be affected, particularly as your word is coming forth. May we be blessed tonight because we came. And I pray, Father, for everyone joining in this service, whether physically present here, whether they are watching online i pray in the name of jesus let your holy spirit touch each and everyone in the name of jesus may it not just be a time wasted without anything happening to us but let the holy spirit reach out and affect each and every life in a very real and profound way and to the glory of your holy name i thank you father tonight in jesus mighty name and let everybody say amen god bless you and you may be seated it's been a very windy evening there was a serious threat of rain but thank god that it wasn't released i don't know whether that's what's going to happen later on but we are grateful to god that we can actually hold our service and then particularly for those of you joining online that you can be a part of the service as we do our live streaming. At a point I thought that, because usually when the weather is very bad, we have no option but to record the service and then um, play back later on, premiere it later on for you to watch. But I think that we are okay and um, we are on live. Is that not so? All right, that's great. Well, Last week, Wednesday, during our times of impartation, I started sharing with you about seven attitudes we must come to God with. Seven attitudes we must come to God with. I did explain to you that when we talk about an attitude, we are talking basically about a certain way of behaving. And that behavior is based on the way you feel or the way you think. Now, usually people have attitudes towards something or an attitude towards somebody. And when that happens, 
it means that the person behaves in a certain way towards that thing or behaves in a certain way towards that person so i gave you examples of attitudes that people can have you know there's some people who have a bad attitude towards work what that means is that they don't behave well anytime there is work you know there are some people who don't like it when there's work to do and when there's work you don't find them around at all but when there's food when, when, when there's enjoyment when there's something that is like a recreation or something that is fun you always see them around you but so, so somebody like that we can say has an attitude towards work and by the way if that's the attitude you have towards work then you are very far away from prospering and i pray that god will help you to change that attitude through the help of the spirit hallelujah so that's what an attitude is and we're talking about attitudes we must come to god with now coming to god is what we do anytime we want to fellowship with him anytime we want to relate with god and then anytime we want to interact with him and seek his face that's the essence of coming to god and how do we come to god we come to god like in a service like this actually we have come to god all right we have not come to a man we have come to god and 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 we can also come to god you know through your quiet time whenever you study your bible um you can come to god you know whenever you 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 go for a retreat for example when you decide to go away and to go wait on god in essence what you're doing is you're going to god or you are coming to god so these activities that we do coming for church service having our quiet time having bible study praying and all of that are activities that are intended to draw us closer to god hallelujah so there are certain attitudes that we must have anytime we come to god can i have an amen from somebody and whenever we come to god we need to recognize that you don't just come you don't just come so we we are having times of impartation now if you understand this message and if you get to understand it well anytime you're coming for a gathering like this you will not just come but you will come with the attitudes that will cause you to be blessed at the end of the day i submitted to you last week that one of the reasons why sometimes we are not blessed one of the reasons why sometimes people come into the house of god come into the presence of god and it's like nothing much happens to them there are people who come to church when we close they go home and somebody even asks that oh how was church today what did the pastor preach about and all of that they can't even remember what was preached about the only thing they can tell is that hey the pastor he preached oh he preached oh come and see preaching he preached oh he preached he preached he preached he preached preach, preach. what did he preach about um something 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 attitude something attitude yeah oh but he really preached that day 
The fact of the matter is that such a person was not really affected much. And I'm saying to you that one of the reasons that causes that is people do not come into the presence of God with a certain attitude. And so because of that, they are not blessed, they are not transformed, their lives are not greatly affected. And it is an unfortunate thing that you will come into the presence of God and nothing will happen to you. And I'm saying to you that it happens that way, one major reason being that people do not come with the right attitudes. That's why they are not blessed. It's not because God was not there. It's not because the power of God was not there. It is not because the grace of God was not there. It is not because the spirit of God was not there. But the problem is that the attitude was wrong. And in relating with the Holy Spirit, for example, if your attitude is wrong, he will just stay quietly away. That's the spirit of God. Because he's such a gentle spirit. You know, that is why the Holy Spirit, you remember when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan. The Bible says that the heavens opened and the spirit of God descended upon him in the form of a dove. Now the word is dove, not dovi. Right? Dovi is the name of an ever brother. But dove is the name of a bed. And doves are very gentle. So it is very informative that the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove. And doves, they, 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 they scare quite easily. So it tells us something. That the Holy Spirit is so gentle that if you don't behave well and the attitude is wrong, you may not benefit much from all the wonderful things that he can bring into your life. But I say to you that as you press on, and particularly as you receive this message that I'm sharing with you, you will learn to develop the right kinds of attitude anytime you come to God, anytime you come into the presence of God, anytime you relate with the Spirit of God. Can somebody say hallelujah? Amen. And so, we started looking at the attitudes that we must come to God with. And the first one that I shared with you is that you must come to God with an attitude of reverence. Say with me, I must come to God with an attitude of reverence. I explained to you what reverence means. Now, when we talk about reverence, we are talking about deep respect or honor that is accorded to somebody or a deep respect or honor that something is related with. Hallelujah. Now, where God is concerned, when you come to God, you must do so with deep respect. And you must come with a mind of, I am coming to honor God. And that deep respect must be tinged with awe. It, it, there must be some awe associated with it. And awe has to do with a certain fear or wonder or amazement. Ladies and gentlemen, when you're relating to God, there must be a certain fear. There must be a certain wonder. There must be a certain amazement. Have you not realized, as I told you last week, that when you are in the presence of a very powerful person, 
there's a certain sense of awe that you feel towards the person. When somebody is very powerful and you have to deal with the person, you know, there's a way. And, and there are people who cannot even talk when they are in the presence of a very powerful person. They can even forget their name. As in, what is your name? Uh, 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 they can't remember their name because they said they've been gripped by all. Now, where God is concerned, coming to Him requires an attitude of reverence, deep respect for God, reverence for God, a certain recognition that I'm not just going to an ordinary person, but I'm actually going to God. And last week I told you. That is why you don't just come to church. You don't just come to church. You must come with a certain attitude of reverence. Recognizing that I'm going to God. And I was telling you that we meet here in somebody's house. And he's graciously given us a part of the house to do church. Now, I, 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 I think that the space that we are using is really a garage, if you like. It's a place for parking cars. You know, I can see there are motorbikes parked in the church. You see? But you shouldn't be deceived. When we gather like this, in the name of the Lord, we must understand that he's present. And so as we sit here tonight, God is here. The spirit of God is here. It may be a garage. But what brings the spirit of God and the presence of God is really us. But as soon as the presence of God shows up, then the very place where he's shown up at ceases to be just an ordinary place. When God encountered, or rather when Moses encountered God in the wilderness, you know the story? You read about it in Exodus chapter 3, I believe. Moses was taking care of his father-in-law's sheep in the wilderness. And then he saw a bush burning. But an amazing thing was happening. The bush was burning, but it was not getting burnt. You know, when fire falls on something and it burns, after a while you're expecting it to darken, to blacken. You're expecting ashes to come out and all of that. And he saw that, and don't forget that the desert is a very dry place. So when something is burning in a desert, you're expecting that within a very short time, it should be totally burnt. But that was not the case with the bush. And so I said, hey! As he got close, he heard a voice speaking to him, telling him, Mose, stop right where you are and remove your sandals because the ground that you are standing on is holy ground. It was a desert. It was a desert. What made that part of the desert become a holy ground? It is because the presence of God was there. Hallelujah. It is the presence of God that made that space a holy ground. And Moses was instructed, remove your dirty sandals. Remove it. Because this is holy ground. I'm saying to you, God has explained that where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of. In whose name have we gathered this evening? 
I can hear you. In Jesus' name or in the name of the Lord. And he's assured us that when we gather in his name, we may be two, we may be three or more. There he is in the midst of us. So who is here? And that is why we must come into his presence, into his house, into meetings like that with a certain attitude of reverence. And I told you that even the way you dress to come to church, you should begin to look at it again. God is not concerned, really, in a certain sense, with or about what you are wearing. Because it's, it's men usually who are impressed with outward things. And that is why God said to the prophet Samuel, That man looks to the outward appearance. But God looks to the heart. And God is interested in the real you. What is inside of you. He's interested in your heart. Not really in this part of you. Your body and especially the clothes that you are wearing. So that is one truth. However. If you have a certain respect for God you will not just appear with just anything at all especially if you have nice things in your wardrobe but because it is church that when they are just wearing anything some funny shorts uh, trousers that is torn the hair the hair of the trousers the under of the trousers is torn if God doesn't patter, and then maybe we are doing some songs of praises and you come and stand in front here and then you, you lift your leg. Before you realize we are seeing red, gold, green boxer shorts. What is going on here? Do you see? It's a problem. So it's okay if you don't have, as it were, setting very bare clothes. It's, a prob- it's not a problem at all. It's not a problem. But if you have decent things, if you have decent things, I expect that when you are coming to God, when you are coming to meet up with God, wear those things. And I want to suggest to you that I think that the, the, your, your best clothes should be worn to church. Not to work. Not for a party. Not when you are flying. Some time ago, so took come on. The way you sport. But of late things are a bit more relaxed. You know. But you realize that people. It's not like they don't have nice or decent clothes. They do. But where church is concerned. They like to dress in a certain way. And some use an excuse of oh. I want to be free. I want to be casual. But it doesn't occur to you my dear friend. That you, you are not seeing God in a certain way. Because if you have an invitation to meet up with president nana adu dankwa akufu adu if they bring you an invitation and say that the president has randomly selected somebody to meet up with him at uh, at the jubilee house hey i said hey so tell me how would you go do you know if you get such an invitation what sort of sports are you going to go with if you have to go and borrow it you go and borrow 
You see, there are some people, when you see what they are wearing, or you know that this thing is laboro. Trousers, kesiebi. As a yera wa trousers, numu. Jacket, ni suka krakebi. As a yasman, and so on, kompam, enoma, e wo bi farm, so. You know? But when you know that you're going to meet up with a very important person, you just don't go anyway. And it is because there's a certain respect that you feel towards that person. And I'm explaining to you that where God is concerned, that must be our attitude as well. So once you come here and it is church service, you must comport yourself in a certain way. You must carry yourself in a certain way. Sometimes people come to church and when the word of God is being preached, they are talking, they are chatting, they are chewing gum, talking, 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 talking. You know, there are some people when they chew gum, there's some ta 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 noise be that they make. That's a crassini bisano. Ah, you don't do that. Once the word of God is being preached, there's a way you should sit there. As I look at people who've come to church, the word of God is being preached. You've left your body in the chair like that. What is wrong with you? You look like somebody who is not serious. You don't understand that you are in the presence of the king of kings. You are in the presence of the lord of lords. And it is his word that is coming so powerfully to you. Am I preaching? And am I teaching good? Yeah. And I'm saying something very important. Because I've said to you that one of the reasons why sometimes we come to God. And we come into his presence and we are not blessed. Is because the attitude stinks. It's wrong. There's no reverence. There's no recognition that I'm in the presence of the creator of all that is seen and unseen. Hallelujah. Then the second attitude I spoke about is an attitude of thanksgiving. Everybody say an attitude of thanksgiving. And when you're coming to God, you must come to him with an attitude of thanksgiving. Not an attitude of complaints. Not an attitude of boredom. Not an attitude of, I wish I didn't have to come. You must come to God with an attitude of thanksgiving. Where when you are coming to God, you are coming with a sacrifice of thanksgiving. You are coming to say, thank you God for everything that you've done for me. It's a very unfortunate thought to have. God hasn't done anything for me. Particularly if they are looking for certain specific things in their lives that they haven't yet seen. It's very easy for some people to conclude that God hasn't done anything for me. And I told you last week that that one is also a very sad thought to have. Because if you sit back and you think a little deeply and you reflect on life, you would realize that God has done so much for you you may not live in a beautiful place but you have a place to lay your head you may not live in a beautiful mansion at Trasaco Valley but you have a house a green greenhouse community and that space that you live in you can turn it into a palace for yourself 
you know, I've come to see that one of the things that makes a place look very nice is when things are orderly. When things are well arranged. It suddenly makes the place look very nice. You see? So you have a place to lay your head. There are people who sleep on the street. When it rains, like the way it's rained today, it's a major problem. You are always praying. You know, people are always praying, oh God, let it rain, let it rain so that I'll sleep well. For some, their prayer is, oh God, close the windows of heaven. Close the windows of heaven. Don't let any rain fall. Why? I thought it's great. When the rain falls, we get a lot of food. The prices of food will go down and all of that. But the person is thinking about his sleeping spot. Because when it rains, he cannot sleep. There's so much to be thankful to God for. When you wake up from bed, you wake up. When you want to go to the bathroom, you go. You don't need anybody. There are some people who can't make their way to their, ba- to their bathroom by themselves. They have to be carried. And there are some people, the way the, the problem is, you have to wear them diapers or pampers as we always call it and they are not just baby diapers so they are also adult diapers they are adults they have problems so they have to wear diapers okay they have to wear pampers because they've lost control or there's a problem today when we were praying i made us pray for a dear mother whose child has a problem. The child is 26 years, very precious daughter. Now, she was born with a problem, with a defect in her spinal cord. And because of that, it affected the development of her body. Her legs did not develop well. So she has to walk with clutches. And I think that a wheelchair was organized for her. That's how her life has been since she was born. For 26 years of existence. And with all that challenge, she's had to go to school. I don't know whether she's completed, but she was in the University of Cape Coast. A very beautiful soul. She loves God. She sings for the Lord. Now, as part of the problem that she had, or she has, her bowels are not well developed. And so there are issues with, you know, passing stool, passing urine, and all of that. So something has to be fitted on her. And sometimes there are complications, so she ends up with a serious infection. A few days ago, she was admitted in the hospital. I mean, I woke up one day, I found out that I received a message during the early hours of the, of, the, of the morning from the mother telling me that I should pray for the child because they've had to rush her to the hospital. She's in a lot of pain. It was an infection. Now, the doctors are saying that to correct that problem, they need to do a surgical procedure. And it's going to cost 35,000 Ghana cities. Where is she going to get that money from? And that procedure is so they can correct the problem with the bowel movement. So that all these infections today, this will be solved. You. 
when you have to, you just go. And some of you go too much. You go too much. I want to say it in key, but it won't be good. And I'll get into trouble with my wife, so I won't say it. Yeah, but I will man know. man know. Menka, 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 menka. Ebo, 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 ebo. Obin somano, obin kote. Okay, I won't say it. You go easily and freely, whether liquid or solid. It's not a problem. There is so much to be thankful to God for. Lift up your hand and say, There is so much to be thankful to God for. And so I will have an attitude of thanksgiving when I come to God. And that is why it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Clap your hands and bless the name of Jesus. And tell your neighbor, you complain too much. Do you know the people who eat dokunu with just the with the pepper and there's nothing to go along with it? When your protein kakrabi at the awono, I won't dare radiase. Tell your neighbor, stop that rough there and stop complaining all the time. Clap unto the Lord once again. Amen. The third attitude that we must come to God with is an attitude of humility. Everybody say, attitude of humility. Say it again, an attitude of humility. What is humility? Humility has to do with being humble. And humility is a modest opinion or estimate of your own importance or rank. I'll say that again. A modest opinion or estimate of your own importance or of one's own importance or rank. When we say something, when we say something is modest, it means that it's limited or it is moderate. And so when you say that you are walking in humility, what it, in essence it means is that you have a limited opinion of yourself, of who you are of your importance and of your rank you don't carry yourself with a certain attitude but you 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 are you are you come down to ground zero okay you are able to lower yourself in your estimate or in your analysis in your estimation or in your analysis of yourself that is what it means to walk in humility and ladies and gentlemen, when you come to God, you must come with humility. Otherwise, you will not be blessed. Luke chapter 18. Let's read a very interesting passage of scripture there. In Luke chapter 18 from verse 10. New Living Translation. Beautiful. I, I like this passage of scripture. It says, two men went to the temple to pray. What did they go there to do? And when you go to pray, what are you going to do? You're going to meet up with God. Is that not so? So it falls in line with what we are talking about. Coming to God. Now, one was a Pharisee. A Pharisee was like an important person. Like a pastor, if you like. One was a Pharisee. And the other was a despised tax collector. He was into collecting e-levies. And all these other things. Yeah, so people didn't like them at all. We also we don't like we, we don't we don't like it at all. E level, E level, no. It's a very unfortunate thing. 
he was a despised tax collector. Now, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. This is the prayer that he prayed. I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else. I don't cheat. I don't sin. I don't commit adultery. Then, as if this was not enough, he adds, I'm certainly not like this tax collector. And he made it clear that this is the guy he's talking about. Not this guy. I'm not like this guy. Because remember that the Bible describes him as a despised tax collector. So this is what he said. So think about it. You've come to God. And this is the attitude you've come with. So he came with thanksgiving. Which is good. He started off and said, I thank you God. Which was good. And then he spoiled everything. Because now he's portraying another attitude. He says that I am not a sinner like everyone else. And he says, I don't cheat. I don't sin. I don't commit adultery. I don't take bribe. I'm so glad, God, that I'm not like this guy. I don't even know who asked him to come to church today. Look at him. And to think that he came to church thinking that you, God, will hear him. Hey, God, I know you. You don't listen to people like that. But when people like me come into your presence and we lift up our voices to praise your name, you are so excited and delighted. Oh, God, I am, I am great. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. He, couldn't, he didn't want to lift up his head. You know, when you've done something, now we knew you are. You don't want to lift your head. We'll see what he has, sir. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. He won't lift up his head. That his brain said was down. You ready? That's what he did. Now look at what the Bible says. Now this is Jesus who was narrating the story. And he didn't say that it was a parable. So it means that it is something that actually happened. So he goes on and says, I tell you that this sinner, that despised tax collector, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. Now that word justified means made right. And Jesus was explaining that after their time in the temple, and after they came to God, when they were going back, it was rather the 
despised tax collector who was made right in the sight of God. That means that he was imparted. But not the Pharisee. Then Jesus explains why. What does he say? For those who exalt themselves. They will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. What does it mean? It means that the difference in attitude between the two people described, the Pharisee and the despised tax collector, was an, what was had to do with humility. It was a humility problem. The despised tax collector was humble. He had a very modest opinion of himself. He didn't think he was important. He didn't think he was good. He didn't think he was special. He didn't think he deserved anything. And he was praying for mercy. And the other guy came to God with a very pompous, puffed up attitude. I'm not like other people. I'm good. I'm nice. I only do good. I don't do bad. Then he starts singing his own praises. And the Bible says, after the service, when they finished sharing the grace and they were going home, the one who was right, made right before God, the one who was justified before God, was the one who had the attitude of humility. So what does it mean? That when we come to God, when we come into the house of God, when we come into the presence of God, we must always remind ourselves to be humble. What does it say in James chapter 4 verse 10? Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. So sometimes the reason why we don't receive any impartation from God when we come to him. The reason why we are not blessed when we come to God is because we don't come with humility and we have an attitude of pride, a condescending attitude. You look down on others. And I can't stand people who look down on others. I can't stand it. It offends me. And when you are in a church like this, you must learn to relate well with everybody. Why have you squeezed your face because somebody has come to sit by you? <laughs> Why have you done your nose like that? It is true that something is coming from the person that is not helping you much. But just tell yourself that glory be to God. Just say glory be to God. Just tell yourself that the guy, you know, the perfume that he's wearing is called three kittens and one of the kittens is dead. That's why he's smelling the way it is smelling. Why do you say that you cannot stand somebody? Anytime you say, say, immediately it should be clear to you that you are full of pride. And the Bible says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. 
So why can't we relate nicely with each other? The other day, Pastor James was telling me that there are some of you, my church members at Greenhouse, who said you're not going to come to church because somebody that you have a quarrel with comes to church. No, do you understand what I'm saying to you? You are quarreling with somebody. You are not happy with somebody or you don't like somebody. And so because that person is coming to church, you've decided that I won't come again. I say, Mbeba Debi, what is wrong with you? Because there's something seriously wrong with you. And it's a serious problem. And if you are like that, God stays far away from you. Because it means it's only pride that will make you talk in a certain way. It's only pride that will make you talk in a certain way. So we come to God. You come to worship. I just want to praise you, Lord. I lift my hands and say, I like you. You are everton to me. And I exalt your holy name. And then you will kneel down. And God is saying, hey, get up. Get up there. I don't want to have anything. I don't want to hear anything that you are saying. And one of the reasons is because I am a does. Now, Often people think that the proudest people in this life are rich people. But I've actually come to see that some of the proudest people in this life are poor people. Only who? Me see, only who? And so, I'm And when you are, look, there are some people you even want to give them a job to do. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't have money. Before he can eat, he has to go begging somebody. Now he gave the person, oh, me wa garden kakrebi wa ha, tutu emu grass and mami. It's like, why you yeno? It's like, you are looking down on me. That's me. Me. I should come and pull out weeds from a garden. When you look at me, do I look like somebody who is cut out for such jobs? Wow. And so when you come to God with an attitude of pride, there's no humility. You won't be blessed. And I'm reminding you again, it says that God resists the proud. God resists the proud. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Verse 5. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. 
and he will lift you. Now, what does he say? In the same way, you younger men must accept the authority of the elders. And then it goes on. And all of you serve each other in a day. In a day. In humility. Can you read the next sentence with me? Ready? Go. Uh-huh. That's why there's no favor in our lives sometimes. Because there's, there's a lot of pride. There's no humility. And when you are like that, it's said very clearly that God opposes you. When you are proud. When you treat people anyway, anyhow. Because it's only pride that makes you write people off. It is pride that makes you treat people anyway, anyhow. It is pride that makes you reject people. It is pride that makes you treat people with a lot of scorn, a lot of disdain, a lot of disrespect. And I want to say to you that no matter the height that God lifts you up to, always remember to treat people nicely. And always remember to treat people well. One day somebody accused me that I seem to always side with the underdogs. What was he saying? It's like I seem to always have a certain flow and relationship with people who are poor, people who are lower down there on the social ladder, people who don't have anything, you know, the lower class in society. I I seem to have a soft spot for them. That's, That's what somebody told me one day. And it affected me because at the point I felt that ah, it means that there's something wrong with me. Because what the person was explaining to me is that because of who I am and the level that I have risen to, I can't, I shouldn't be seen as somebody who it's like you, you always seem to sympathize with the people on the other side. So later on, I had to think about it. I said, no, it can't be a bad thing. Who were the people that Jesus flowed with when he came to walk the earth? The poor people, the sinners, the tax collectors, the rejects. So much so that the Pharisees and the Sadducees said, Kai, you are not a man of God. You are not called, you are not anointed. That you are flowing with such people. But it is a certain pride that makes you feel that I cannot relate with such. I must stay at this level and they must stay down there. They are not my co-equal. Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, when you come to God, you must come with an attitude of... Say it again. An attitude of... An attitude of humility. Let's take another one. When you come to God, you must come with an attitude of boldness and confidence. You must come with an attitude of boldness and confidence. Now, you may easily think that it sort of contradicts what I shared with you. But I'll explain. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Remember that I'm sharing with you attitudes, seven attitudes we must come to God with. This is the fourth one. The first attitude is an attitude of reverence. The second attitude is an attitude of thanksgiving. The third attitude is an attitude of humility. The fourth attitude is an attitude of boldness or confidence. Hebrews 4.16, King James Version. 
it says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. How must we come? Boldly. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now look at this same scripture from the New Living Translation this time. What does it say? Um, Try the Good News Translation. Good. It says, let us have what? So the King James and the New Living use the word boldness or boldly. But then the Good News Translation is using another word, confidence. So the boldness that is being referred to here is actually coming with a certain confidence. So it says, let us have confidence then and approach God's throne where there is grace. There we will receive mercy and find grace to help us just when we need it. Back to the King James Version. It says, let us therefore come boldly. So you can see that we are being shown how to come. How must we come? Boldly or confidently. So it's not about just coming, oh. Because you are coming to the throne of God. You are coming to God. And his word is describing to you how you must come. And he says you must come boldly or you must come with confidence. Then it goes on, that we may obtain mercy. You must come boldly and confidently so that you will obtain mercy. It means that if you don't come with a certain boldness and you don't come with a certain confidence, you may not obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I'm saying something important to you. You must come with an attitude of boldness and confidence. And the boldness and confidence is not in yourself. Which was the confidence that this Pharisee had. It was confidence in himself and he was rejected by God. But the boldness and confidence that we must come into the presence of God with is boldness and confidence that has its source in Christ Jesus and what he has done for us. And when you are coming to God, you must come with a clear understanding of what Jesus Christ has made you in himself. And you must come with the understanding that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You must come with the understanding that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You must come confidently understanding that I am part of the chosen generation, the royal priesthood, the holy nation, and the peculiar people called to show forth the praises of him who has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the marvelous light of his precious son. And that confidence must be in Jesus. You You must rest secured and assured in what Jesus has done for you. And that, is, that must be the source of your confidence. And if you don't come with such an attitude, you can even become an irritation before God. You see, there are some powerful people. When you come before them and you come with a certain attitude of oh, timid, they ask you a question, you can't talk, they ask you a question, what is your name? You have forgotten your name. How can you forget your name? 
That's why when you go for an, an interview to get a job, one of the things they are looking out from you is confidence. What is wrong? It's just an interview you came for. There are some people, the reason why they've gone for US visa interview so many times and every time they bounce them because the timidity is too much so before you realize your documents are okay everything that is needed you presented it now sad display now koko display wo hono nti say akwawe obekwe kogu ye nimase onyako do america hono kra ye bisan assembly ono nti about a lot of people will be delayed they can't go through as a crash eh tinabodwa say hasa em pegirgidibia when you are coming to god you must come confidently and I'm saying again, your confidence is in Christ Jesus. The Bible says Jesus has made a new and a living way into his presence. And so you must learn to come to God confidently and boldly. And sometimes we don't receive the mercy and the grace to help because we don't come confidently. We don't come boldly. We don't come, you know, in the way we are supposed to come. Recognizing who we are in Christ Jesus. And the emphasis is Christ Jesus. Without that label of Christ Jesus, you are nothing. And you don't deserve to to be anywhere. But because God values what Jesus did for us. And the blood that Jesus shed for us. Because it has such great value before God. When you come... And you come, you've been purged and washed by that blood. God is very happy to see you. But when you come and you're not even certain of who you are and what has been done for you, it's like, ah, this guy is coming to waste my time. That's why when you come to God, you must come boldly and you must come confidently. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to continue next week, Wednesday. Rise to your feet and let us pray. Hallelujah. So we've looked at four attitudes. Is that not so? Next week, Wednesday, we'll complete it. And I don't like rushing through anything. I like to take my time and teach them so that you can understand them very well. Four attitudes we must come to God with. I've shared with you. What's the first one? Attitude of reverence. The second attitude? Attitude of thanksgiving. The third attitude? Attitude of humility and the fourth attitude, attitude of boldness and confidence. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for tonight and thank you for your word that has come forth. We are so blessed to hear the things we have heard today. We believe that these things that we've received will help us to come to you properly so that we'll be blessed and imparted at the end of the day. I pray for everyone who is part of today's service that what we've learned will stay with them forever and it will greatly inform our relationship with you in jesus mighty name and let all the people of god say amen
Thank you for listening to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.